Welcome to Reclaim Your Power, Inspiration and Reflections for Before, During and After Childbirth, a podcast about birth, getting in touch with our bodies and talking about things that aren't often discussed or that you may not find in mainstream sources of information, a podcast to transform the way you plan for and approach birth, moving from fear and uncertainty to empowerment and inspiration. My name is Fungisai, which means to remind, and that's what I aim to do here. Remind you that the power lies within you and that it all starts with you. This may seem a bit back to front for those of you who've been following this podcast and listening to all my episodes. I had an initial plan about how I would present this podcast And my plan had six episodes. (laughs) As you can see, this thing has taken a life of its own and I've just flowed with it. I think this episode works where it is because we're sort of coming full circle. Last episode, I focused on a difficult topic, loss during pregnancy. And in this episode, I'll focus on celebrating the mother. As I've touched on in previous episodes, pregnancy and birth tend to focus on the baby what's best for the baby. In hospitals, as they are conducting all manner of procedures that are sometimes unnecessary, if you protest, you're told, we want to make sure your baby's safe. Now, how can anyone argue with that? It's a sure way to shut us up. None of us want to be accused of willfully endangering our babies. So the baby is center stage. Fair enough. But what about the mother? Are we just vessels to incubate new life? Or is this a mutually beneficial, symbiotic relationship? Recently, I was challenged on my view of motherhood. A dear colleague who's been listening to my podcasts contacted me regarding my last episode and said some wonderful things. As I say at the end of each episode, I love to have feedback. I find it humbling and inspiring to hear from you. And you don't have to agree with me either. What I present is based on my experiences, and I know there's so much more out there, but I can only start from where I'm at, what I know. If people want expert views, there are so many podcasts, blogs, books, etc. that provide in-depth information on all aspects of pregnancy and birth. What I'm doing is adding my perspective for whatever it's worth. So back to my colleague. She told me about her experiences with loss And then she mentioned something that I don't think too much about because I have no personal experience of it. Adoption. Although she could have children, she and her husband chose to adopt. She told me it was the mature choice and that really struck a chord with me and got me thinking. I know I can't cover everything and my podcast stems partly from my love of being a birth doula. But adoption presents a different angle to motherhood and parenting. Chatting with my colleague reminded me that although you may not have physically given birth to your baby or child, they are still yours and even more special because you've made that conscious choice to take someone else's child into your heart and your life and love them as your own. Wow, that is indeed, as she said, the mature choice and a brave choice. Writing this, I suddenly remembered the first person I knew personally who'd adopted two children. She was quite a trailblazer in a sense because not only was she single when she adopted two kids, first a little girl, then a little boy, but this was in my culture in Zimbabwe, where to adopt from outside your extended family was not widely accepted. 
As far as I know, adoption is unusual because in our collectivist society, the extended family always takes care of their own. So if a child loses his or her parents, an uncle or aunt will take him or her in and raise them as their own. But of course, this has now changed as the traditional societies have begun to break down. But at that time, in the 1980s, for a woman on her own, to adopt was probably unheard of. She was a professional, independent woman who loved life and whom I admired greatly. As a teenager at that time, I looked up to her and thought, wow, I'd like to be like her, brave, standing by her values and living her life true to herself. So I want to pay tribute to all adoptive parents and remind us that they too should be celebrated. Their journey is different to what I've presented in my episodes, but it's not less valuable and the challenges they face are no less real. As we know, being a mother is not only about the child you have given birth to, but the child you have chosen to love and love fiercely, unreservedly and selflessly. So to all those mothers, Thank you for making that choice and giving of yourselves. We celebrate you. Usually, when a woman is pregnant, her friends and family have what is called a baby shower for her when she's close to her due date, so maybe late in the eighth month. They celebrate with her, and usually the focus is giving gifts to the baby and not really on the mother. When I was thinking about writing this episode, I decided to do a bit of research on Google to find out where baby showers originated from. Well, it seems they initially happened after the baby was born to celebrate the new child coming into the family. And sometimes this was done when the mother and the baby came out of seclusion. Remember, I previously mentioned the 40-day seclusion in some cultures. And this would be accompanied with some rituals and ceremonies to welcome the baby into the society and probably name the baby too. Our current form of baby showers, where the celebration happens before birth during pregnancy, probably started in the post-war era, i.e. in the 1950s and 60s, as a way to support new mothers-to-be during difficult economic times by giving gifts for the baby. More recently, baby showers have taken on a whole new meaning with games, specialized decorations, and all sorts. They have become commercialized productions and may not necessarily be restful and enjoyable for the mother-to-be. I think not all showers are over the top, but that is what baby showers have become associated with getting lots of stuff. I guess it fits with our consumerist society and our love of overconsumption. I remember attending a baby shower in Zimbabwe in the 1990s before I moved to Norway. It was really not enjoyable at all. There were members of the mother-to-be's family drinking far too much and behaving badly, and the poor mother-to-be sitting there looking a bit overwhelmed, being subjected to being dressed up in a silly way, almost being caricatured, It did not make a good impression on me. And I thought, okay, baby showers are not something that I'm actually interested in. I actually don't remember having any kind of shower for my first two children. But when I trained to be a doula, I learned something that really resonated with me. The alternative to the type of baby shower I had seen or heard about. Something called a mother blessing. The focus being on the mother. The difference between a mother blessing and a baby shower is that the mother blessing does not involve giving gifts for the baby. It is more a celebration of life. The focus is on bringing positive energy to the mother-to-be and surrounding her with love and good wishes. This often involves bringing some nurturing good food to share, maybe giving the mother a foot bath with essential oils like lavender, which is gentle and soothing, doing belly casting, where the other women make a plaster cast of the belly for the mother to keep. They can also paint or decorate her belly or her hands, 
people do different things. The guest can also write some words on pieces of paper with good wishes for the birth for the mother to read and keep. The focus is on pampering the mother and sharing positive, uplifting advice and stories. So it's a calm and nurturing experience to celebrate the sacredness of pregnancy and motherhood. So when I heard about the ceremony, I was so touched and thought, this is the kind of thing I'd love to experience. When I was pregnant with our daughter, my friends asked me if they could throw a baby shower for me. I told them about the mother blessing ceremony and that I would prefer to have something like that instead. I had to guide them a bit, but they were game and set it up for me. It was such a lovely nurturing experience. Just to be together with a mix of old and new women friends. We had some tasty, nutritious food. I'd ask them to bring a bead that represented them or something meaningful to them so I could make a necklace from that. After the meal, we sat in a circle and they each presented the bead, explained what it meant and also shared a blessing, what they wished for me in my birth. It was truly beautiful. And as I have friends from different countries and different cultures, it was extra special. I still have the necklace made from those beads. I was surrounded by so much love and goodwill and it meant so much to me that they were willing to try out something they were all unfamiliar with, because that was my wish. I think everyone there thought it was an extra special experience, and we all learned something new. Another ritual that we had linked to the mother blessing was that I would contact them when I went into labor, and they would each light a candle and say a blessing and send good thoughts my way. I remember sending an SMS when my waters broke or trickled out or started trickling out, which was some time before active labor really set in. I'm so glad that I did it early because, as you may remember, once labor kicked in properly, I was in no state to be sending anything. It was so lovely to imagine that a candle was being lit for me in different households all over Bergen and that my dear friends were sending loving thoughts and blessings to me as I went into labor. It was beautiful. So for me, that is unforgettable. That simple ritual that linked me to my friends during my birth and helped me know that they were blessing me. This may not be everyone's cup of tea, and the classic baby shower may be more appealing to you, but this is just to let you know there's an alternative. A baby shower doesn't have to be an alcohol-fueled party with lots of silly games, which is really more for your friends than for you. If you don't want something like that, then it's good to say so. Tell your friends what you want, and good friends will accept that and follow your wishes. We don't have to do things just because everyone else is doing them. We don't always have to follow the crowd, Because often when you ask individuals in that crowd why they're doing things that way, they tell you it's because everyone else does it that way. It's not necessarily what they enjoy, want, or need. So think about what kind of celebration you want, or if you want a celebration at all, or if you want to wait until after your baby's born. There is no right or wrong here. What's important is you and the kind of experience you want that is meaningful for you. These baby showers can also be an opening for people to share their birth horror stories. So again, set boundaries for yourself or ask a good friend to do that for you so that you don't end up feeling traumatized after the celebration. The celebration can also be done for adoptive mothers. Why not? They're also bringing a baby or child into their lives. It's something to celebrate. So why not hold a mother blessing for this new mother too? The only limits are the limits we put upon ourselves. Let's celebrate all mothers in whatever shape or form. One of the things I learned when I had my first child was to appreciate my mother, to really appreciate her. I thought I'd appreciated her before that, 
I remember being embarrassed of both my parents as a teenager, which I think is pretty normal, and then outgrowing that, fortunately. I've always had a good relationship with my mom, but it was only after I had my son and I realized what it means to be a mother and what she had been through giving birth to us and just what a strong, loving person she is, that it came full circle. And I was humbled by this woman as she showed me how to bath my baby, supported me and loved me. Her baby had had a baby. And as I was the first of her children to give birth, although I was the youngest and the circumstances were not ideal, all she showed me was love and not judgment. I saw her through the eyes of motherhood and thought, what a gift. I know not everyone has been blessed as I have been, and some people have not had loving, nurturing mothers. But that doesn't mean you can't break that cycle and be the mother you always wanted but didn't have. That will be healing. Let go, forgive, move on, and write your own story of motherhood and let it be a beautiful one. My grandmother died when she was 19. She'd been bedridden for as long as I could remember. And my mum said to me through her tears that yes, she'd been old and sick, but she was still my mother and it's not easy to lose your mother. So as we come full circle, whether as mothers to the children we have given birth to or mothers to children we brought into our lives, let's celebrate ourselves as the mothers we are and our mothers for who they are to us. My next episode will be about the unsung heroines, midwives. I've talked about midwives throughout this podcast, and I think they deserve an episode of their own. I hope you will join me. If you found my podcast helpful, interesting, thought-provoking, or even challenging, please share. I would also appreciate any comments or reviews. My podcast is now on Apple Podcasts, where you can leave a review. I'm always happy to hear what you think and to learn. Thank you for being here, for listening. This is Fungi Sai reminding you to reclaim your power.